Welcome to Give a Heck. I am your host, Dwight Heck, and for much of my life, lived my life in quiet desperation, wondering how I was going to pay the bills, take vacations, save for retirement, and one day wondering if I would get off the hamster wheel of life and have purpose. A life that most of society lives, which takes us to work, then home, then repeat, and pays us hopefully enough just to survive. The harsh truth that most live with more months than money and have no idea how to live life on purpose, not by accident. This ensures the mass majority are living not just financially broke, however emotionally and mentally as well due to financial pressures. In each episode, I will introduce you to thoughts, ideas, and guests that can help you to learn how you too can live life on purpose, not by accident. Good day and welcome to Give a Heck. On today's show, I welcome Jamie Villalobos. Jamie grew up in rural Montana, the oldest of six kids. She is a philanthropist, entrepreneur, and business coach who became a seven-figure earner before the age of 30. Jamie's passion is to help people reach their biggest goals while finding true happiness. As a busy mompreneur with four children, she has earned herself a reputation of being the balance queen. Her happy and strong mission is to touch 100 million lives through the education, philanthropy, and leadership development within her team. Jamie's passion and energy is contagious, and she is frequently asked to speak at events all over the country. I'd like to welcome you to the show, Jamie. Thanks so much for agreeing to come on and share with us some of your life journey. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yes, I'm excited for, like we were talking prior, just so the listeners and people watching know, I've admired you from afar since, for well, this is my 20th year in the finance industry. I've heard you speak, and I can't actually wait to get your book. <laughs> I can imagine there's going to be so many good nuggets of information. We'll talk more about that as we go on with our conversation. One of the things I focus on, though, and to me, it's really important, is somebody's origin story, not just their backstory from I, I want any story you feel relevant from your earliest little Jamie to where you are today that helped you <laughs> develop to where you are at currently. I'd love you to share. Yeah, well, you know, some people might know my story of, you know, growing up in Montana. Uh, I was very poor. I was the oldest of six kids. I, I lived in a little trailer on the edge of town. We grew up on food stamps and welfare. And, um, and there was a big age gap between me and the, the next, uh, the middle kids. So I always kind of felt a big sense of responsibility. But a lot of people don't know, I actually was born in California. I, um, my parents grew up in Venice in Torrance, California. They had a very, very rough upbringing, very abusive parents, alcoholic uh, parents, um, kind of their parents, you know, my great grandparents were the you know, same way. And so when after, after I was born, they just kind of wanted to change. They wanted a, their idea was a better quality of life. And, and uh, they moved to Montana when I was born in the middle of nowhere. If you've ever been to northeastern corner of Montana, it's about uh, from you is about a, an hour under the Regina border. Yeah. So there's nothing there but <clears throat> flat wheat fields for as far as you can see. And uh, that town had about 325 people. So you can imagine a lot of small thinking. And, um, you know, after my second grade, my parents divorced and I was kind of caught in the middle of it. And so after second grade, I went back and forth from California to Montana. Uh, my mom being a single mom out here, my dad remarrying um, and having five more kids out there. So it was a big culture shock both ways, being an only child to being the oldest child to being in the city and living on Venice Beach in a tiny little room to, you know, being in Montana. So I grew up very independent, again, being as the oldest child over here and being uh, the daughter of a, of a working mom that was always gone and, uh, you know, had to take care of myself a lot. So I grew up very, very independent. Uh, early on, I wanted to make money. I wanted to uh, be, you know, I would make things and make my little sister sell them for me <laughs> and uh, just try to always make money. I hated being poor. I knew I was poor. I knew uh, so many times I'd go to school and I'd pay with my lunch tickets different than everybody else because I was on government help or uh, going back to school shopping and having to go to the secondhand store uh, to get clothes or um, sometimes even waking up in the, in the morning and seeing my breath because we didn't have propane to feed the uh, to heat the house in the winter time, and you know how cold it is up, up there. But yeah, I uh, do. <laughs> so so I knew I wanted more. I didn't want to to 
again, a very small thinking town. There's no opportunity for women. There's no jobs. So after high school, I came out to California with the idea of working and paying my way through school. Um, idea was to get a good job and and then help my family back home was that was what I was hopeful to do. Uh, started working just anywhere that would give me a job really close by that I could walk to at first until I could get a, a car and got this horrible, ugly old car. And then at least I had freedom now. And I started working in corporate America. And, uh, you know, again, I was only, I was very young. I thought it was a good job. I was working in a gym and, uh, you know, started to, to get promoted very quickly. After that, it was hard for me to to continue going to school because with these promotions went uh, long hours, you know, long hours, uh, 11 hours a day, typically uh, sometimes six, sometimes seven days a week. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how it came to be where I came out to California and uh, found my, my goal to be an entrepreneur. Wow. You, there's so many good and bad things that we go through in life, but you, pivoted your whole life and you know I know obviously where you are today but you never you were a tenacious person you never give up all the way from living in a small community and I know what that's like I grew up in a small community not quite that small around 10,000 people and everybody knew when, it seemed like they knew when you went to the washroom for goodness right. sakes and, and you were the, the night before for sure yeah it's a topic very much a gossipy community you know Absolutely. I'm glad I grew up there to, to be honest I'm glad I grew up there um, I don't really know why I can't really pinpoint why, um, but I'm grateful I did. And, uh, you know, had a lot of great friends. It's just, I knew getting close to that graduation date in high school that if I, if I don't leave, um, I wouldn't be happy. Yeah. And I was the same way I left, I left too, when I was right, right out of high school, pretty much. And, it, it, it is what it is. We move away and sometimes we look back and, and we have negative thoughts. For me, I look back at my childhood or where I grew up as a very positive experience because I wouldn't be where I was today without my origin. And it's similar to you. Um, you know, I found it interesting, though, you talked about, you know, you build, you make stuff and get your sister to sell it. So your entrepreneurship started at a very young age. For me, I was a paper boy going door to door, had to collect money, had to be out in Canada's cold Arctic air, as you know, like you talked about Montana. And I know Montana very well, because I can be in Montana in five and a half hours if I jump in my vehicle, it's right and go across the border. But yeah, it's, it's interesting how things shape us. And for you, it was at a very young age. For me, it was at a very young age. And I find that, don't you find that to be consistent with entrepreneurs, though, that yeah. they, they've started at a very young age and there's a consistency. We may not have always had success, but we never gave up. We always stepped further. We always kept on going and, you know, dusting ourselves off. Don't you figure that's a consistency? Yeah, I feel like all these things were gifts. All these adversities were gifts. Um, I had a lot of hard things happen when I was very young. I was um, abused by um, an uncle of mine when I was uh, very young. Um, you know, a lot of things that happened. My stepmom left me one time in another state, um, uh -oh. forgot me, uh, just things like that. But all of these things, honestly, to me, they adversity is for our good. They shaped me, like you said, not just dusting yourself off. You know, you can get mm -hmm. mad. You can get... Um, you know, angry and bitter. Uh, but for me, I think that they helped me grow. They helped me become stronger. They helped me to become a leader that can now help others through hard things. So adversity is always for our good. There's always a seed of benefit in every adversity. Absolutely. Um, you know, I had a conversation a few days ago with somebody and they were saying, I just, you know, I always want to, why can't we just always be happy? And my question to them was, well, if you were always happy, how would you know? If you didn't have <laughs> yeah. adversity, well, if you didn't uh, have some strife, how do you know you're happy? Right. You have to have the bad to know the good, right? Um, but also, I think that that's just life. You know, part of the purpose of life is us to come here and to have experiences and to have trials and to have hard things to grow into the person that we're meant to become. You know, there's two versions of us. There's the guy or gal that is and the one that is to be. And to get from here to here, it's not just self-improvement and working hard and trying to be better. It's that's not how it works. It's a lot of times it's through us having to be stretched, and that comes through tough things happening to us sometimes. But uh, you know, it goes kind of like this: <laughs> the up and down and the 
peaks and the valleys that we have to be willing to climb from peak to peak. And, um, you know, like I said, all of those hard things, I look back every, every, every failure in business, every heartache, every, you know, all these things, even the hardest things, like maybe a death in the family or, you know, betrayal of a loved one, or, uh, you know, even the death of a child, which is probably one of the hardest things that someone's going to have to go through can there can be a seed in it of equal or greater benefit if we look for it if we grow from it and so sometimes it's hard to be in those hard things the trials and and be grateful for it oprah winfrey said when you can say thank you for those trials when you can say you know when you can show gratitude from what you've gone through and learn from it that's real personal growth and um and that's you know that for me like i said i've i've grown a lot over the last you know 23 years as an entrepreneur but I can even, you know, I'm not perfect at this, but even when I'm going through the hard things now, I really try to say, instead of saying, oh, whoa, is me or oh, why me? Instead say, you know, what can I learn from this? Why am I, why am I experiencing this right now? Because it's for my good. And so that I can get to here to become that person I want to become, the one that is making the bigger contributions, the one that is making the bigger impact. So what can I learn from this? And some of it is um, things that I just needed to, to learn more patience. You know, sometimes it was things that I needed to learn to be able to help others. Yeah. And, you know, through all that process, you had people in the background, just like I have in regards to mentorship and coaching people that didn't, you know, they may have consoled us a little bit, but it was very short lived and they'll say, okay, now what did you get out of that? Right. I had people like that in my life coaching me, you know, Quit dwelling on the negative. What positive did you learn at it? Now let's move forward. And, you know, I've, I've, we'll talk about a little bit about that as we proceed to the conversation too. I know mentorship's been huge for you. We've, some of the mentors you've had in your life have also been mentors of mine, not to the same level, but they've influenced me through their, their thoughts and, you know, their direction and focus in life. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, your mompreneur. I love that. Um, so with four children, you earned yourself a reputation of being the balance queen. I myself raised five kids as a single dad and finding balance was character building many days. Yeah. <laughs> is, balance, is balance in life truly achievable? And if so, how does one achieve a balance in life? Yeah. So, you know, for me, I have, I have four kids. I have two teenagers, right. And, um, and there's a lot going on all the time. You know, to, today I had a thing this morning with one of my sons and his baseball team is playing against the, uh, the special needs group, you know, kids. And it's like one of my favorite days of the year when these kids get together and my son's, you know, getting, getting struck out and, you know, missing the ball to help these special needs kids win the game. It's so much fun. But then I had this podcast and then I have um, another leadership conference I have to speak at. And then I have two baseball games tonight, regular baseball games today. So it's always a lot going on. I'm one of the busiest people that I know, but there's a big difference between, between being busy and, you know, chaos and stressed out and, you know, anxiety and not happy and then being busy and fulfilled and absolutely loving your life. So is there any, uh, you know, thing is such thing as perfect balance? No, I mean, that's kind of a myth. They're never going to have perfect balance all the time. Let's be real. But you can be striving for balance and having happiness. So there's going to be times where you're going to be tipped more in one direction. Maybe you're going for a big goal in your business or your career and you're, you know, all in focus. But then there's going to be other times where maybe something's going on in one of your kids' lives that they're having a hard time, or maybe one of your parents is, is ill or something. And so you're going to be off balance the other direction. But there's things that you can put in place and there's lots of tools and there's lots of strategies that I've learned over lots of years from incredible mentors. Like you mentioned, I have been very blessed to have incredible mentors. Also, of course, being a student of this, of being you know, a successful woman in business and wanting to be a great wife and mother. I've been a student of that. I've, I've, I've you know, had great mentors that I've found, but also tons of books and, and things that I've uh, fed myself with, but, um, but also through trial and error. You know what I mean? I, I've, I've neglected certain parts, uh, you know, maybe my health at certain times and paid the price there. So, um, but yes, I mean, I think that you can have it all. I, I've uh, gone through the balancing act for many years to kind of get it to be, a, you know, where, where it's, uh, where it's very, very much a life that I, you know, I love and that I've been able to help other people achieve 
the same thing. Um, I have gals that I've coached and guys that are, you know, multiple six and even seven figures and even multiple seven figure earners that um, are able to put their faith and family first and still win at the highest levels in business. So yes, I absolutely believe that you can have it all that if, if having it all means that you can have an incredible business and, you know, income and, you know, travel the world and all those fun things that you want to do, but also be able to put your faith and family and your wellness, mental and physical wellness, you know, first and be totally fulfilled and contributing, then yes, you can do that. Awesome. I myself live a core value system to what you just mentioned about faith, family and work. And that's what's kept me sane. And I love how you showed, you know, like the balancing act. I'm born in September. I'm a Libra. So you got the scales and I don't believe there's ever complete balance. There's, I had those in circumstances too. So I can completely relate. We go up, we go down. The biggest thing is, is people listening. When you go down, what are you doing to correct your course of action? Are you reaching out to people? Are you, li- are you listening to good books? Are you reading good books? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you associating with people that can help you level up and continue to climb? I've been camped in my life, Jamie, and it sucks, right? Sometimes it's, it's unfortunate because you also mentioned it can be the loss of a, a loved one. It can be a trauma. It can be some sort of tragedy. Right. I think the biggest thing that's helped me, though, is mentorship and, and people that have been reached out to me and said, okay, you know, I understand you're going through stuff. How can we help? You know, how can we, how can we lift you up? You still have to put the effort in though, listeners. It can't be, nobody can hand you or gift you success in life, whether it's faith, family work, you have to, you have to put your boots to the ground and, and go through those strifes and pains and those trials and tribulations. And yeah, I can sure relate. And I appreciate you sharing those um, tidbits of information. So Jamie, Oh, go on. No, no, go ahead. I remember when I had my first child and she was about 18 months old. And that's when the, like the first time I was like really struggling with the balance thing. Um, mommy guilt, daddy guilt, where you're wondering, like, while you're working, man, am I, am I spending enough time at home? I mean, am I spending enough time with my, my child? Am I going to, am I going to screw up my kids? <laughs> and then when you're at home with your kids, you're wondering, am I still competitive? Am I still, you know, doing all I can do in my business? Am I neglecting my, my team in, in my business? And so you have this kind of back and forth um, drama going on in your mind. And that was the first time that happened for me. And that's where I did what you said. You know, I reached out to mentors, people that had been where I had, where I was and had gotten through it. And I went, went reached out to a great couple that I know, Rich and Cindy Tholly, they're amazing. Um, and they I are. Said, you know, I said, what, what, what do I do right now? You know, I, I, I'm feeling this mommy guilt. I'm feeling these, um, you know, kind of, you know, stress over this whole thing. And that's when I started, you know, to really learn and study this balancing act. And, and really what I did at that point really was just tweak it. I didn't have to, what most people do when that happens is they give up or they plateau or they, they settle and they say things like, you know, well, you know, I've been working hard and maybe this is good enough. Maybe I'll wait till the kids are older. Maybe I'll, and whatever excuses, you know, when you're looking for one, any excuse will do. And the kids are usually a good one, an easy one. So, you know, I, instead I came back and I, you know, just kind of put a legal pad on my lap and just said, okay, what would make me happy? What would the schedule be? What would my, my ideal schedule be? What might my ideal life look like? And I just started to kind of tweak my schedule and tweak, you know, different things. And at first it didn't, it didn't work out perfectly. You know, it, at first it wasn't, um, it still didn't work out. I still had those guilty feelings and I still had to tweak it again and again. But then I got to a point where I felt peace again. You know what I mean? And I had to take some things off my plate and I had to delegate a little bit more and I had to reach out and figure out what my resources were. We all have more resources than we think. Um, there's a lot of ways that to save time. Um, a lot of different little, again, mom hacks or whatever you want to call them, but a lot of different things that you can free up your time so that you're not being burnt out so easily and having these feelings like, oh my gosh, like I can't handle that. I'm overwhelmed all the time. I have a class called seven, uh, 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 seven days to streamline your life, seven, you know, streamline your life in seven days and to basically help you get all the crap off your plate that doesn't belong how to identify resources, how to have all these time-saving hacks so that you can get all this time off your plate so that you can put the more meaningful stuff on your plate. 
and uh, and I teach him how to do that. But uh, so I, I did reach out to, to mentors, you know, in in those low times. But like you said, you know, there's times that if you're gonna if you're gonna keep growing past the plateaus, if you're going to um, not settle, it's not going to just be mentors. I've been fortunate to have Rich and Cindy Folly as my mentors, Ed Milet as a mentor, uh, John Maxwell now is a great mentor of mine. But it's still going to be up to you. You have to figure out what's going to make you happy, and you have to do the digging to figure out what that is, and then you have to spend the time tweaking, tweaking, tweaking your life until you're like, wow, like I love, I love this. I'm excited again. I'm happy again. I'm I'm fired up for the next level. What's the next barrier? What's the next comfort zone I'm going to get past? And then keep stretching your vision and thinking of what's possible. Yeah, I love that. Then those people you mentioned, listeners, people watching, I know them all. They're fantastic individuals. Um, if you have a chance, you can check out pretty much all of them have information. Um, Ed's got a podcast, which is amazing. You can check him out on YouTube. You can check them out through the Arte uh, Syndicate. There's so many different ways to reach out to the people that um, Jamie's mentioning. One of the things I like though, you talked about, we correct and we go through different things. One of the things that I think people really forget though, along that process of growing and changing, whether it's personal, whether it's business or a combination of both, people forget to enjoy the journey. They forgot, if they forgot, like, you know, life is in session. This isn't a dress rehearsal. So when you have these moments in life, do you, do you have, do you struggle to, or did you ever struggle? Maybe you don't anymore to enjoy the journey, even though there was yes. trials and tribulations. <laughs> yes. Cause I'm very, very, uh, I have the ability to focus, you know, and like you mentioned to me when we we're talking earlier about how I'm very tenacious. I always have the next big goal I'm going for. I'm always in, anxiously engaged in a good cause. You know, I might either have the philanthropy I'm working with or my businesses or my family. I always, you know, there's something on my plate and there's something kind of down the road that I'm excited about too. So I'm charging. Um, and as a, as a high achiever, entrepreneur, leadership type person, if that's you, um, typically we, we are, we're like that. We kind of are planning out the next, the next adventure. And, um, and some, sometimes we forget to be in the moment or it's hard for us to be in the moment. And I would, uh, you know, a while ago, I noticed that I'd be so excited about either a family vacation or some event that we were doing, but then we would get there and I wasn't enjoying it. I was now kind of thinking about the next thing. And how sad is that? That's sad. You know what I mean? That, that you're kind of not being able to really be in the moment. And, um, Another great mentor of mine, Greg Cap, called me one time and he said, he said, Jamie, he, I, you know, whenever he calls, he's like the best at uh, just making you feel good, encouraging you and praising you. And I saw his name on my phone. I answered it. And I'm like, hi, Papa Cap. You know, I call him my Papa. And he said, you know, Jamie, I want you to know that you're, you're, a, uh, you're a great mom. I'm like, oh, thanks, Greg. <laughs> you know? He said, you're, you're not um, the best mom, right? You know, you're not a perfect mom. I'm like, oh, thanks, Greg. <laughs> and then he said, you're a great mom. And he's like, there's no such thing as a perfect mom. And I said, okay. And then he said, you know what, Jamie, you, you're a great leader. I said, thanks, Greg. And he said, you're not a perfect leader. There's no such thing. And, you know, he, I love when you have great friends that are always going to be there for you. But what's even better is when you have great friends that love you enough to help you grow and to challenge you. And to let you know that you have a you have an area of weakness here, right? And mine was kind of that perfectionist, you know, <laughs> wanting everything to be great and kind of focusing on that next thing and not enjoying the moment. And he kind of pointed that out to me. And I'm so glad he did. But from that moment on, I had a couple affirmations I added to my daily affirmations. One was, it's good enough not being perfect, right? <laughs> Enjoy the moment. And then the other one was, and this is actually a chapter in my book, it's called Create Memories versus getting things done. And actually I have another publisher who's offered me a book deal just to write a book on that chapter, but I'm not going to, <laughs> I'm not going to, but um, create memories versus getting things done. For me, I shifted from kind of always on the go, always trying to cross the next thing off my to-do list to now figuring out instead of what I have to do, and there's always a lot, instead what's most important. 
So I'll get up early before the kids and I'll kind of think about maybe journal, maybe read, whatever, do my, my business plan goals. Um, but I'll write down what I have to do for the day and then I'll circle what's most important. And what's most important might be having that 10 minute conversation with my teenage daughter or, you know what I mean? Or maybe spending some time with my husband, but I'll get, I'll make sure that I, I, I am thinking about that. I'm conscious about that. I'm grateful for it. Uh, and then I, uh, I plan to create memories. <laughs> so I, and I, and try to try to in every moment, try to create something that's going to be a, a bonding type memory. I'll give you an example. One time we went to my family and I went to the movies and we just happened to be the only ones in the theater that day. Right. And we, we took the day off. We went to the movies. We we're the only ones there. And we watched this fun show with the kids. And at the end, there was the credits rolling up and there was this fun music happening, like this really high, you know, upbeat, fun music playing. And Sean and I went down in front. Again, we're the only ones in the movie theater, so we could just do whatever we wanted. So we went down up front on the stage and we just started having a dance party, right? And the kids saw us and they, they came in and they joined us. And throughout this entire, you know, credits rolling, we just had a party right up there up front. And as we walked out of that movie theater laughing and having a great time, um, you know, I told the kids, I'm like, you guys don't even know how much I had to pay to get this whole movie theater all to ourselves so we could have this memory together, right? And they're like, oh yeah, right, mom, you didn't pay. I'm like, did you? I'm like, well, yeah, we'll never know, right? <laughs> but the fun thing is that it wasn't just we went to the movies that day. We created a memory that they still talk about to this day. And so it, it doesn't have to be these big, you know, expensive things that we do. It's just being in the moment. And so I, you know, I kind of try to teach those things, planning out uh, things that are just even family traditions, things that will bond you, little stuff. Like I have a fam I have a tradition for each of the kids' birthdays that we do every year, or you know, different things around certain holidays, or just little stuff that is again things that they'll remember. Um, and as your kids move out of the home, it'll draw them back. Oh, absolutely. You're. I, I am so enjoying this. Your intention is great. So many people think if you're too intentional, you can't enjoy life or you can't have those memories. That's not true. I did that for my kids. I still do it for them, even as adults. And now my grandkids, memories are so precious because there's no promise tomorrow. And I say this phrase so often, people get sick of it, but it, we life is in session. Well, this isn't a dress rehearsal. Right. You have to have some intention in all aspects of your life. It's okay to have intention for your business as long as your family doesn't get slid into the you know the background and they're always a second, they're always second fiddle, right? So I so appreciate the fact. And you know, you're right. We're not perfect. We continually get onto the hamster wheel. Maybe we get off it. Maybe we're only on it for five minutes. Maybe it's a half a day, whatever. We just get stuck into our mindset. But as we age and we have great mentors and we become mentors ourselves and we learn so much information, it's easier to correct our course. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. It's just, it's just so much faster. Yeah. And then just remember that memories can be repeated over and over again in your mind. You know? Oh, and so, pictures. I'm a picture freak. Yeah, so, so, yeah. So it's just like creating that for your family is like again, bonding, but it's also makes your journey more enjoyable. I mean, you know, like I said, we can what good would it be if we make millions of dollars, but then in the end, your kids don't want to talk to you, you're divorced, or, you know, you're, you're unhealthy, you're spending all of your money buying back your, your health. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I like how you say things, memories can be so simple. Some of the greatest memories I have when I was raising my kids, and I didn't have a lot of money, and some months I didn't have any money, I had more months than money, just going to the local park make yeah. a little picnic lunch and have a few snacks yeah. <laughs> and juice boxes and go to the park for a couple hours. Or we go and have, there's places where you could make campfires or I'd take them camping and, you know, yeah. just sitting around the fire. Now, now today, so many people think you have to splash so much money to create memories. And that's not yeah. true. You can create memories, just cuddling on the couch and reading a yeah. book to a kid. <laughs> right? Yes. It's just, oh, I make love connections, it. Make connections, make memories, you know, but you talked about balance earlier. What you're talking about, you can plan in. So, you know, a lot of us as entrepreneurs, as leaders that we're busy uh, in, like you said, the chaos of the day-to-day, -day, and we can go three months 
and think, oh my gosh, I haven't even, you know, spent any time with my, my teenager one-on-one, or I haven't done a date night with my spouse. So for me, for balance, I, I create all my goals based on those quadrants, faith, family, fitness, you know, the fulfillment, the fun and the, and the, the, and the money and the finances. Right. And so all the goals, short-term and long-term dream life, all that stuff's in there. So as I'm reading and visualizing my, my goals every morning and every night, it rebalances me because I'm not just thinking about business planning goals. I'm thinking about my faith goals, my spiritual goals, my self-improvement goals, my family goals. And my family goals might even be just as simple as like, get this guy potty trained in the next couple of months. You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. it's just, but it rebalances you so that you don't become this crazy, I mean, you, I want you to be a crazy maniac going after your dreams, but that you don't get too far off balance where you're having regrets or you're, you're hurting anything. You know what I mean? That's going to be too precious. Yeah. So you have that, but then you can also plan it in. Like the late Stephen Covey, I love his analogy that he used to use with the big rocks. He'd have this cylinder, this glass cylinder, and he'd have these buckets of rocks and pebbles and sand. And most people have seen this before, hopefully, but he tried to have people in the audience fill up the the glass cylinder with all these buckets and they could never do it because, you know, you just couldn't shove it all in there. But then what he did was he put the big rocks in first, then he poured in the pebbles and it kind of filled in the gaps and then he poured in the sand and it filled in everything else. And so everything can fit in on your plate if... If it works out, if you put the big rocks in first with big rocks or what your spiritual stuff, your family stuff, your marriage stuff. So I plan in my date night once a week. I plan in my family nights once a week. That's probably the most important. That's a no non-negotiable that has to happen every week. Um, it keeps me monitoring attitudes, activities, and where everybody's at and it brings a family together. Something that we look forward to every week. Um, what else? I mean, we do little mini honeymoons, my husband and I. We do um, uh, interviews with each of our kids. We do mommy and daddy dates. All this stuff can get planned in so that you can go all out crazy pursuing your biggest dreams in career, in any area, and then you're never going to get too far off balance. Do you see what I'm saying? So you oh, absolutely. Stri- strive for that balance, and it's going to continue to make sure, and then your family's not going to be like, well, hey, I see so many entrepreneurs give me this crap of like, well, I'm doing it for them. Or they tell their spouse, I'm doing this for us. Next well, thing you know, they're they're divorced and their yes. kids have grown up and don't talk to them and they have all this wealth and they have no memories and they have no yes. connection. And oh, I've seen it too often. We've all seen multimillionaires that are still unhappy and because they chased this, but these other areas were neglected as they did it. And, uh, and so, yeah, I want, I, I want, like I said, to make sure that we're, again, we're not going to ever have perfect balance, but we can make it so that we're loving life and everything is that we're doing is just, um, fulfilling, you know, in, in the faith, you know, category, the family category, the business category, um, all of it that you just love it all. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to back it up just a bit, cause we've mentioned so many different great people. Out of all the people in your life, who has been your biggest influence in the past and still connected to you today? You're talking about like living people that are mentally? Yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <Okay. laughs> yes. Um, you know, Polly Rich and Cindy Folly. And you know, again, I've had, um, I've just been so blessed. You know, Ed Milet has had such an impact on my life in so many ways. Um, Jeff Levitan, um, Linda Iyer is, you know, great uh, person that I've studied a lot for, from in just the parenting category. But as far as the person that's had the biggest impact is probably Rich and Cindy Folly. Yeah. He, when you mentioned his name, I can think of all the different times I've been blessed to meet him. And I've had a couple different times where I've had personal conversations with him and he is so precise and accurate with his words where he gets the message across yet he may be giving you a polite, gentle slap mentally, yes. but it, it's, it's gentle. <laughs> I've been you know? the gut a couple of times, but I'm like, I know he loves me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's doing so, this for my own good. <laughs> yeah. I, I can remember having a conversation with him. I don't know if it was in what event it was. Now I'm trying to think where it was. It might've been, um, I think it was actually in Penticton in BC a few years back. And I went up and talked to him 
he was standing by the stage. It was before the next session was going to start. I got a picture with him and I talked to him about my circumstances, my family. And, and he politely did, you know, <laughs> I knew he, he was being kind, but part of me felt like happy. And part of me felt like, what, what just yes, happened? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Rich is like a rich he, when he mentors people, he makes genuine connections oh, and he's absolutely. The best at communicating that I've ever seen. But, um, you know, he, if he's going to coach someone, he wants to, um, he wants to build a relationship first, you know what I mean? And so he, he becomes like, for me, he's like my other dad, but you know, a genuine relationship of trust, um, and then give the quality instruction to help you win in every area of your life. And then he'll challenge you. And that's what you're talking about. So yeah. he'll challenge you, but again, it's because he's, he, he cares, yeah. he cares and yeah. he has already built, he's already earned that by building that relationship oh, yeah. of trust where he, where, you know, that he, he wants you to win. And he, you know, it's not never, never like, never like a boss more like, you know, you know, someone that's, that loves you and cares about your family. Well, I can still remember him putting his arm around me and after I told him something and I kind of got emotional, right? So anyway, I won't get into what that was, but what would you say would be the number one less lesson that still resonates with you today that he taught you? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, well, you know, he taught me how to build, how to build leaders. Um, he taught me <laughs> to put family first and, um, but I remember one time we were, um, it was late after a meeting and Sean and I, my husband, and I drove him back to um, his hotel and we ended up sitting in the car probably till one in the morning um, and he was teaching us. I don't know, it was different than anything else, you know, but um, he, uh, he talked to us about our, our, uh, our spiritual life and he talked to us about, you know, who we wanted to become the contributions that we wanted to make um, challenged us to, to dig deeper and become better people, humans. Um, but that's when I kind of like um, really started to pursue more of like my faith. But I remember that night he said, not all knowledge is of equal value. Yeah. He said, there's, there's great things that he can teach me and there's good things that he can teach me. And then there's these these wonderful life-changing things that he can teach me so I was grateful for that Cindy his wife too you know has been my my hero for <laughs> how to build a strong home you know and be and just be a great <laughs> supportive wife you know even though I have all these big goals and dreams and I'm this hard-charging entrepreneur I'm also a wife and mother and she showed me how to do 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 that well you know too so I don't know. Taught you did she? So she was key, and both of them sound like they were key in you being vulnerable too, realizing that you don't always have to be turned on. Mm -hmm. Would that be a good way of putting it? That they taught because yeah, he talked to you that, about it, your faith, and she's. I've heard her speak too. It's amazing. She's uh, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. But actually, my book, Happy and Strong, the first time I heard that term was from them. Okay. That's that. Yeah, uh, we could we could have a whole episode just about all the values and and um, yes, this very they're very strong. Of, uh, we could do an episode on each person we just that was been mentioned, right? <laughs> we so could. we but, could. I've been very very lucky. I mean, yeah. I'm so sorry for your listeners because most of them, Ed's a, no, I mean, no. Rich is a very private person. Rich, yeah. Rich and Cindy, they're very much about family. And so they don't have, they don't, they're not out there on like Instagram and stuff yeah, like that as well. That's, much. that's okay. This, <laughs> th there's going to be a lot of people because of uh, our connection to, especially you, obviously, you know, the more, but there's going to be a lot of people that are going to listen to this, or that could be watching it right now as we're recording this, that know who we're talking about, right? Yeah. Anybody that's in, in that area of the finance world knows who Rich and and Cindy are and Ed Milet. And obviously Ed, they know because of his association with Andy Frisella and um, Arte Syndicate. So that's stuff they can look up or they can reach out to us if they want to know more. If they want to learn more, reach out to uh, Jamie for sure, because she definitely knows them. I don't, I'm not on a first, I'm not on a, what they say, a first name basis, air quotes, but I do know who they are and they have touched my life. So um, one of the things that I wanted to touch base with you is about your book called Happy and Strong, Create Your Dream, 
life while enjoying the journey. I know myself writing my book was very cathartic and took me on a roller coaster of so much emotion. How was the book writing journey for you? You know, I I didn't want to write a book. (laughs) I had in my business plan to possibly write a book way, way later once the kids maybe are off to college. Um, But, you know, during COVID, you know, I I lead a lot of thousands of people and, you know, everybody it seemed like was in their own little form of depression. And all of that kind of rolls up to me. People were calling me saying, Jamie, you're the strongest person I know. Help me through this. You know, there was just so much emotional wear on people. And, um, and so I just kept having, I don't know, the spirit tell me or something like inspired to, to write this book. And I kept saying, no, thank you. I'm not going to do that. Right. And then all these people kept calling me saying, you should write a book and you should write a book. I'm like, no, no, no. Um, Finally, when I sat down and said, well, maybe then all of a sudden, like my mind had agreed to it. And all of a sudden, all these people came into my life to, to help. The book writing was actually very, very easy. Um, uh, the book, all this stuff afterwards is <laughs> complicated and learning new things every day with marketing and all this stuff. But, um, but I loved it. I think that it will help so many people. My goal right now is to ha- touch 100 million lives, either through the educational stuff that we do with our teams uh, in, in one of our businesses or uh, through the leadership development that we do. I just, here's the deal. I know that if I can equip people with leadership skills, but also teach them money, like the stuff that you do, teach them those financial tools. If people have money and leadership schools, skills, they can change the world. They can. And so I'm trying to ignite all these people that I'm coaching, ignite in them the spirit of philanthropy and, um, and build leaders that, again, want to make a difference. And I don't know, one person might want to help kids with autism and another kid, you know, leader might want to end sex trafficking and another leader might want to build a school in Uganda with me. I don't know, but whatever it is, I want to help them to now take that ripple effect out to a hundred million people. So the book is just a small, small piece of a bigger vision. Um, But I'll tell you what it's about. I mean, the first half of the book is going to teach people how to, how to be successful in business. Um, I'm a multiple seven figure earner as a mom, grew up in a little trailer in Montana. And if I can do it, you can absolutely do it. So I'm teaching them how to, all these success principles that you don't have to settle for for what you have. If you want more, if you want to contribute more, if you want more for your family, for your kids, then you can do it and here's how. So the first half of that book is all of the, the mental toughness stuff, all of the stuff that will help them get to seven figures. And then the middle of the book is uh, interesting. I added it later, but it's basically how to turn yourself into a leader and then how to develop other leaders so that you can free yourself up from that work so that you can scale faster so that you can have lifestyle. And then the second half of the book is what everybody wants from me, all the balance stuff, all of the happiness stuff. I'm a student of the science of happiness. So how do you add the, the enjoyment into your life. You absolutely love your life. How do you, you know, balance it all? How do you create the memory? All of that uh, for the hard charging entrepreneur, high, you know, high achievers um, to have it all. So that's what the book's about. Yeah, that's, I know what you were saying about, you know, you didn't expect to put this in the book. All right. I went through that myself. I was looking at it. I was literally weeks away from launch and I ended up scrapping stuff, adding <laughs> stuff, you know, it was just, it, it, it's the same sort of idea, but you know, there's things in there that people would enjoy. And then there's meat and potato stuff at the end and it's everywhere in between. It's a scratch on the surface too, but that's a good thing because if you give all your secrets out, why would I anybody want to reach? They're all in yeah. there. <laughs> They're all in there. They, well, I get, they're still going to have to reach out if they really want to know some of the finer points, I would say. Um, but that's, that's, so what are, what are, what would be one of the main takeaways, like key things from the book that you would want to resonate with people just about happiness or? Well, you know, there's so much in there. Um, it's so funny. I have one of my friends was at my house last weekend and um, one of the galley books was sitting there. I'm like, you want an early copy here? Take it, you know? And she called me the other day. She's like, I just got done with chapter six. It keeps getting better and better. She's like all excited. And um, it really does go through a lot. And my story is kind of woven through it. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to teach you. It doesn't matter if you're at your lowest point right now. 
it doesn't matter if you've gone through intense failure, it's going to teach you how to get where you want to be. And so like, I love, you know, your, you know, you know, <laughs> your podcast and the point of your podcast is to not settle, you know, and to pursue your, you know, to live life on purpose and to, to, to pursue your dreams. And so, you know, again, I was in a job where I was doing the same thing every single day. I was sick and tired of it. I wanted more. I wanted to make an impact. And I, you know, started my own business. I went through a lot of trial and error and challenges and failures and was living in a little tiny apartment, paying my rent on my credit card and wondering if I was ever going to make any money at all, let alone make it big. And so I go through all of these different, I guess, points in, in your business and in different areas of your life that of how to get past these, how to get past comfort zones, how to get past um, failures. But, but I think one of the biggest things is that if you are going to live a life on purpose, um, that you have to know what you want. And there's a great quote from, uh, I think it's Mark Twain. And he says, I can help anyone get anything that they want out of life. I just can't find anyone who knows what they want. And so I help you really get clarity. Clarity is going to be your best friend if you want to progress. Progression is a key to happiness. That you are not the same as you were yesterday or that last year. And that's the challenge for most people. Like they're unhappy because they're not progressing because this year looks like last year and there's not a lot of hope for next year. Suicide rates are up right now. During COVID, all the bad things are up. The suicide, the alcoholism, the drug abuse, the- uh, the All addictions. Antidepressants, divorce, all these things. And this is why I wrote this book just to help people with, you know, with, with these things to bring that again, that more fulfillment into your life, but you need clarity first. And so I really, that's one of the first things we do in the book. If you just read the first, like first three chapters, you'd probably be, you know, getting, (laughs) you know, a ton, a ton of value there um, to change your life forever, because I want to help you kind of get very, very clear on what that ideal life looks like in each of those areas, and then create a, a very clear, distinct plan. The reason that people settle or they, you know, they're again, they're not progressing or their life looks a, a lot like last year is because they just drift. They have no clarity. They don't know what they want. They think they do. They're going after some goal, but then in the end, they're still not happy. That reminds me of, I'm in the middle of listening to Napoleon Hill's um, Outwitting the Devil mm-hmm. and talks about drifters in there and unfortunately there's so many people out there as you mentioned that are just they're complacent they're stuck they don't know how to get out and I find associations that and this comes up all the time when I think we've we've talked a little bit about it are so key yeah what do you people listening to this if you're constantly feeling like you're on a hamster wheel of life and that it's go to work go home get paid and you're not moving ahead and you you're, you're not you need to change your associations and it can start by what are you associating with at night? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Who are you hanging out with? And you're right, during the pandemic, addictions went up, suicides went up. At one point in time, I live in a city of uh, approximately 1.4 million people, there was 11 suicides a day. Right? And then that's the ones they knew about. (laughs) It's just, it's it's like, oh, my gosh, right now, it's hard. And so, you know, I consider myself someone that's, you know, a student of Napoleon Hill, who you just mentioned. I was just actually last weekend with Sharon Lecter, who's the co-author of Yeah, she's of amazing. Yeah. yeah. So I think I'm pretty good. I've spent 20 plus years of working on my mental toughness. But, you know, Napoleon Hill has, has a have a mind sealed tightly against all negatives. It was almost impossible for anyone to have a mind sealed tightly against all negatives during the pandemic. It was the news constantly, the friends constantly, everyone around us had negative information for us. And so it was like, even that really, we put up the, the guard yeah. to, to, to block, you know, for our mental toughness. It was like the erosion of mental, um, just mentally, emotionally being worn down. And then the negatives were getting in. And when you get negatives in, it kind of tends to attract more negative. And then we focus on. Yeah. Then we, we're, we're in a downer and we go put on downer music or we put on a, a, a downer yeah. show or people live the lives of people like the, yeah. the old soap, soap opera adage, you know, and, and yeah. the people, that should be entertainment. 
music should right. be entertainment. It should not be enhancing and making you feel worse or accelerating your your spin on right. the hamster wheel. It should be you should be associating with things like Napoleon Hill or an Ed Milet or Jamie right. with her book, things that can help give you that little bit of a lifeline instead of always having an anchor over your shoulder pulling you back. Yeah, I'll give your audience a few tips here. But sure. like for me, when I started in business again, I was 22. I looked like I was 12. I didn't think anyone would listen to me <laughs> about, you know, why that one business was financial services. I didn't think anybody would listen to me about that. And, um, you know, I, I didn't have a market because I had moved to California from Montana. I didn't have like friends and family to sell to. And even if I did, they weren't going to they weren't going to buy from me. So I had to work on me. And I spent a good 18 months solid, like of just having positive associations. I cut out anything that was going to be negative. Uh, it, people that were uh, holding me back, that were not supportive of my goals and my dreams. Um, I told, you know, even my best friend and even some family members, hey, I love you, but I'm going for some big goals. I have some, you know, classes I have to take. I may not be around as much um, so that I could cut that out a little bit. Um, then, just so you know, I cut out the TV for five years. For five years, I did not have a TV that worked in my house. Uh, until I hit a huge goal that of mine, of, and it was, I was a half a million dollar earner, by the way, at, at least by that point, before I had a TV. Okay, so um, I, I challenge you guys to, you know, that saying of you are the five people you associate with most. Well, who's the negative one? Who's the broke one? Who's the one holding you down? I replaced those people with guys like Ed Milet. And you might say, well, you're lucky, Jamie. You got to be associating with Ed Milet. No, I wasn't lucky. He didn't say, oh, Jamie, come over and let me train you. I reached out to those mentors. I was in service to those mentors. I was like one of them. I was like their free assistant for a while because I just wanted to be around them to be a sponge to soak up this information. And I was coachable. Everything that they told me to do, I did like at the speed of instruction. So I replaced the negative with great associations. If you don't have that, you're just making an excuse. There's someone in your industry that's where you want to be that you could reach out to. Find out who, you know, who they are. Call their assistant. Ask them what their favorite things are. What's their favorite date night place? Maybe send them a gift card to take their wife out and say, you don't know me, but you've affected my life in so many ways already. I look forward to meeting you someday. Or maybe if they like a certain type of cigar or a bottle of wine, send it to them. Same thing, right? So I got good mentors. I cut out the TV. I cut out negative associations. I, uh, I got to work on improving me. And, uh, you know, besides these associations through mentorship, it was books. I literally was devouring audiobooks daily. I turned off the radio in my car and made my car uh, like a university of self-improvement, feeding myself good stuff all the time, like Robert Kiyosaki and Napoleon Hill and, you know, all these wonderful uh, business leaders and then great leaders in the past too. And so quickly I started to work on me and self-develop. It's like this, guys. Let me give you a, an analogy. I live in California right now, and down the street, there's a beautiful area, like Calabasas kind of area. If you've heard of that area, it's a, a lot of stars that live there. Well, over there, there's an area that used to be a dump, like they would dump trash, okay? Now it's one of the most luxurious, expensive neighborhoods to live in. So at one point, this place was a stinky trash heap, okay? So if you're gonna turn a dump into this luxury, you know, expensive neighborhood, What's the first thing you have to do? What's the very first thing you think you have to do? You have to stop the trucks. You have to stop the dump trucks from dumping. So in your life, if you want this amazing, beautiful dream life, the first thing that you have to do is stop the trucks, stop the trash being dumped into your mind. We live now in a, a world that's constant media bombardment through social media. If there's, take a detox a little while from social, but even then, if you don't want to do that, then you should probably stop following people that make you feel bad, people that are going on rants, people, even, even if you believe what they're saying, and even if you agree with what they're saying, you don't want negatives in here. Cut off things that are making you angry, cut off things that are making you pissed or that are making you uh, unhappy, unfollow them. Again, maybe you're going to have to have conversations with people in your family and say, hey, listen, I'm going for these big goals right now. I'm going to probably be busy more than normal. I'm going to have to kind of cut my associations. So it's about 18 months of just guarding this so that you can be the type of person that can then think a little bit bigger and be able to stretch your own vision and get past the hurdles when they happen. But it's a good five years of working on you 
if you want to become one of those one percenters. And well, so many people want instant gratification, though, and, yeah. and they're just not willing to understand. Like you look at that, you've seen that bit meme, maybe, or that picture where the guys, they're going both from different directions toward the goal. The one guy quits just before the wall's about to break and the goals there. The other guy doesn't. And how many people are, are you know, the things we aspire to achieve on any level of our life, it's right around the corner. We just don't get up one more time. And it's because of that association because we're i wrote down garbage in garbage out right you, you know you you talked about stop letting the trucks dump on you and it's and that's the way in life too and i get people all the time saying to me well it's easier said than done how do you do that i said very simple there are certain people in my life that i still need to sometimes associate with family and friends because of connections i time it if it's a get together i go in for a half hour before hi you know, then I eat the meal and then it's high and then I leave. <laughs> I protect my, I've worked protect so myself. hard on myself. I need to protect this and that's okay. People watching or listening, it's okay to want to protect yourself. You are the number one biggest asset in your life because if you don't take care of you, you can't take care of your faith, family, your fitness, your work. It's, it's almost impossible for things to align to even have a partial balance like Jamie talks about where we, we strive to have more than partial but if you're going to start out in order to even have partial balance you need to protect yourself and what you're putting in so i love that that story was awesome you can cut out toxic relationships 100 yeah absolutely Uh, even if they're family now when you said it's easier said than done that's true because sometimes the person that's not that supportive or can be negative could be a family member that you're doing it for that you love a parent a spouse absolutely you know what i mean and so in those cases you don't want to cut out your spouse we're not telling you to do not do that okay (laughs) no no so what we want you to do though what i would say is to sit down with them and dream together get on the same page with a common vision they may not want to do your business or have the same goals like maybe you think a little bit bigger than them and they're you know they like a little bit less in lifestyle and that's okay but you can sit down together as a husband and wife or, you know, as a couple partnership and say, here's, let's dream together. Like, what do we want as a common vision for our life? And so if you guys can get excited that you are a team, that you are a partnership with a common goal, there's a lot of power in two people with a common goal working towards the same direction, equally yoked. So, you know, you have this, this power with you, but um, sit down with that spouse. Now, don't try to say like, I'm doing it for you or come on board with what I'm doing or quit your job and go full-time with me or any of these weird things that I see guys do, definitely guys, but girls do it too. But, um, but instead come up with this vision, your ideal life, their ideal life. And then how can you make that one umbrella? My husband will come up with stuff. We just bought a, another dream home in uh, Tennessee and uh, it has this 4,000 square foot. I don't know if you'd call it a barn. It's beautiful. It's epoxy floors, gorgeous big inside, big, humongous building of 4,000 square feet. And he wants to buy all these cars to put in it, right? Well, I don't really care at all about these cars, not even a little bit, but if it gets him excited and it's his dream, then I put it in my business plan too. Does that make sense? And so we support each other. We're, you know what I'm saying? So there's, you don't have to just cut them out you know what I mean? Like you work together um, with certain relationships. But that's on all levels. It, like you talked about it with the significant other or a spouse, all your friends, everybody that talks to you about what they want to achieve and their dreams, don't poo-poo on their dreams, right? <laughs> Listen to what they have to say and be supportive. Does that mean that you can't give some advice? Sometimes when people are sharing, they don't want your advice. So you need to yeah. also work on that too. <laughs> people, sometimes you just need to listen and go, well, that sounds fantastic. And, <laughs> and you know, if it's something that's batshit crazy, then, you know, that's still their dream. Yeah. You know, we as a society want to put on other people what we think, what our opinions are. And I tell people all the time, I raise my kids this way. Don't let other people's opinions of you or what you want to do become your reality, because that's the quickest way to failure is getting sucked into other people's uh, trauma, because we don't know what's going on in their facade of their lives. 
And that's why they could be responding. They might not even be responding to what you're saying or what you want to achieve. They might be responding to the crap they got going on and you happen to be sharing with them and they're just like over you, right? So you got to protect yourself. It all goes back to that. And, you know, I do believe that, like you said, you can cut people out completely. And And again, I'm not saying that's not possible, listeners. It is possible, but there is some people in my life and maybe in your life that you just you just can't so just learn how to limit the amount of time you spend with them protect you and your six inches between your ears right that's so imperative and most people just don't worry enough about themselves because if jamie doesn't protect herself and jamie doesn't stay healthy mentally and physically your your husband and your children are going to suffer your team's going to suffer it's a it's a spider effect you are this you are the you are the core person and everybody's right affected by you. So this has been fantastic. One of the things though, Jamie, and we're going to end, wrap this up is if you had to give our listeners one last closing message, what would you tell them in regards to giving a heck and never giving up? Yeah. Well, I love that. You know, I think that if I can do it, you can do it. Again, I said that if this L gal from you know, living in a trailer in Montana can become a multiple seven figure earner and have these philanthropy, you know, all this stuff, you can do it too. But you do have to give a heck. You can't just live life on accident. You have to live life on purpose. You have to know what you want. So I would challenge you to kind of just take a piece of paper out today, draw a line down the middle, draw a line across and make four quadrants. The first quadrant can be faith or spiritual goals or personal development goals, contribution goals. That's that one, working on you, becoming a better person. The next quadrant would be family. The next quadrant would be your health, your wellness, your fitness. And then the last one is your business goals, your financial goals, and always have savings goals, okay? So now you, I want you to sit down and it's hard sometimes to start really dreaming. And like, if money was no object, what would you be doing with your time? What kind of contributions would you be making? Start to get clear on that second version of you. What does he look like? What does she look like? What is she doing? How is she communicating? You know, what what are like the, the, again, if money was no object and I had a magic wand and we could do it, what would it be? Just start dreaming bigger. Start getting yourself excited about possibilities. Stop, break that, you know, that rut of lack of progression and being the same you as last year. If you're, if you, if you focus on where you're at today, that's exactly who you're going to stay. If you focus on the person you're becoming, you'll start to gravitate towards that, but you've got to get clarity on who she is and you've got to get clarity on what she's going to do. So start writing those goals and dreams down. Then last piece here is you got to add emotion to it. Uh, in the, in Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grudge, he talks about a whole chapter on using your emotions. What pisses you off? What injustice do you want to correct? What, who would you help if you had the money? What, what cause would you donate to? What, um, who in your family would you love to do? Like maybe taking on a dream trip or maybe, you know, help them out financially. What would make you so happy in giving to others in focusing on others, but write down stuff that makes you emotional, dig a little deeper. Maybe you write down 10 whys of why you want this ideal life, write out the ideal life. Where would you be living? What would the house look like? When you walk out your back door, what does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it feel like? How does the wind feel? Is it cold where you live? Can you hear the ocean? So start to add your emotions and your senses into it and really get clear on the life that you want. And it will start to gravitate towards you and the right people and the right circumstances will start to be attracted into your life to make them happen. And so I promise you, that's what I did. I've been able to build my dream life my dream income, my dream businesses. I've been able to now become a person that I really enjoy the contributions that I'm making and still have a ways to go. I can't write $10 million checks and stuff like Ed and Rich do. I'm not there yet. So I still have a lot of personal growth to do. I still have big dreams that I'm chasing, but I love it. You know, and I know, I know, I know that I can help anyone get anything that they want out of life. You just got to figure out what you want. And you got to start getting after it and stop wasting time and get off that freaking hamster wheel that, that he talked about. So anyways, I've enjoyed my time with you today. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you bet. This has been amazing. We could do multiple episodes. Uh, this is, and we may get, um, we may have to do that, get you back on, especially after the book's been out for a while and, and 
do an episode maybe just more on specifics. So our time's almost up and I want to respect our listeners in your time. However, before we end, can you please tell the listeners what's the best way to reach you, Jamie? So, okay. So you could uh, go to happyandstrong.com. That's a way that you can communicate with me through email, uh, but also there's lots of good stuff on there. And then on Instagram, I'm posting all the time for entrepreneurs, for women, for business, for, you know, uh, mompreneurs, but that's uh, at jamie.villalobos, at jamie.villalobos. Um, and then you can buy the book. Uh, I love, I would love to connect with you that way, share my story in depth with you and how to win. And then also hopefully meet you someday and listen to your stories, but that book's being sold right now on Amazon, on anywhere books are sold, Barnes and Noble, Target, wherever. Fantastic. I'll make sure that it goes in the show notes. Listeners, you can find those show notes at giveaheck.com. Click on the podcast portal button and you will see Jamie's uh, face and you will see the information below on how to reach out and link to her and I'll make sure all the your social media contacts your website your link to your book and everything is in there um, so thanks so much for being on give a, give a heck Jamie I appreciate your time and sharing some of your experiences so that others too can learn it is never too late to give a heck Thank you for taking time out of your day and listening to Give a Heck. If you find value, I'd appreciate you sharing with your friends and family so they too can learn how to live life on purpose, not by accident. So you do not miss the next episode. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and please also post a review. I look forward to reading your comments. This has been Dwight Heck. If you want to check out other podcast episodes or today's show notes, please check out my website, giveaheck.com and until next time together let us all strive to give a heck